Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are the number one Raider type talk show. We having good times here. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Oh, here we go again. Antonio Brown's not making friends. What should I say? Should I just wish his problems away? I don't know what to do. I'm going crazy, but we're going to talk about. I'm not lazy. We're going to go through in and out. We're going to make sure he's in camp, no doubt. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are the number one newest type Raider talk show. We having good times, Murph. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Murph, once again, we are online. We are in camp. We are at meetings. We are doing our due diligence for our shows. And we are here. And no matter the problems we got legally, we're here. And we're going to do our thing. How are you today, Murphy boy? I'm doing great, Mikey, but I can't do this show without my hat. I got this Raider hat. It's a new Raider hat. It's not the hat that I've done all these shows, all these Mondays with Mikey and Murph shows on. I just, I can't, I can't function as a co-host without my hat. Hang on. Oh, there we go. He does it. He switched the hat. He got... I'm, all right, I'm back. It's not internet or YouTube certified, but I'm going to go with it anyway. He found his old hat, and he's going to use it. He's been wearing that hat for the past year. Don't matter if it passed test. He's going to put it on. 
but I wasn't able to certify it. I might, I might, I might. You defaulted in your contract, Murph. So you're telling me I'm forced to wear the new hat? No, I, but I would hope so. <laughs> you know, because it's not certified. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one for the team, Mikey. Okay. Here All right, go. good, good. As long as you can, as long. I'm, I'm ready for meeting. Ready for the show now. Good, good. I didn't have to. I didn't have to talk to your agent and find out if you want to wear the old hat for safety. <laughs> all right. Say hello to the crowd, Murph. We'll get into all that and more on today's show. What's up, crowd? What's up, chat room? What's up, On Air Nation? Appreciate you joining us here once again for Mondays with Mikey Murph. If you didn't catch the end of the last episode, I'm going to start the beginning of this episode with this sentiment. I can't read the chat, but we appreciate each and every one of you that participate, and I always go back and read it. So at the top here, I can't shout you out or give you respect because I can't see you, but just know that I go back and read you, and thank you for participating uh, and interacting with the show. It's one of my favorite things to do is go back afterwards and read about how much I'm a bootlicker, uh, bootlicker and a John Gruden apologist. It's always a wonderful sentiment, uh, but it always cracks me up. So you guys rock. Appreciate it. Just like in life, it appears we're possibly having internet issues, dropped frames, but I can't control none of that. It's beyond my control, but I will call Drew Rosenhaus and tell him to tell you guys what's going on with me and the show and the internet problems. But hey, if it cuts out, don't worry. It'll be updated later, and we'll keep this thing going. Murph, let them know how they can reach you. Watch your other shows in the future. Yeah, you can find me on social medias at underscore Murph. That's where I live on Twitter. Or you can find us at Raiders Fan Radio on the Facebook and the Instagram and all that good stuff. Uh, but the the best way to support the Murph's Fan Cave Network of shows is to go to the link down below and buy one of our Get Made t-shirts. That's our 2019 t-shirt. And 100% of the proceeds of the sale of that shirt is going to the Blitnikoff Foundation, the one and only Fred Blitnikoff and the foundation he started uh, in memory of his daughter who passed away prematurely and uh so in, in uh in, to, to honor her and uh and, and to carry on the legacy of tracy uh, they have they started this foundation and it's been uh going on for about 20 years now and uh, we're giving away all of that money we partner with the blitnikoff foundation and we're going to present them with a check uh, at their annual crab fest fundraising dinner at the end of the year which is in november and so 100 percent of the money that we get from those sales from those shirts Ghost Blitnikoff Foundation on behalf of the listeners of, of course, Raiders Fan Radio, but also this show uh, should choose to participate. So please help us help them. Again, it's 100% of the money. We're giving it all away. It's all going to charity. It's a great charity. It's a Raider charity. And you get a cool shirt out of it. So look it up. Murph's Fan Cave, or, or excuse me, RaidersFanRadio.com slash t-shirts. Go to that website. Links are below for anything Murph and Mikey related, as well as phone numbers, emails, and you know what? You can get a hold of us if you look. All the information is below. All right, Murph, let's get into it. We got a very interesting show. We're going to debate a lot of topics today. We're going to go over it in and out. And I just wanted to say this. It's time for the great debate. It's no longer the headlines. It's the great debate. Are you ready, Murphy? And Mikey, we all know you are the master debater. There we go. I'm the master debater. So during this segment, we want you all to chime in. We're trying to make this show better for the fans and everybody else. So again, whether you agree with Murph, whether you like me, you hate me, it's fine. But please write in the forums what you agreed with or what you want to debate yourself against us. Ask us questions. 
saying you like Murph's statement on this, you hated Mikey's on that, or vice versa. But the truth is, this is the great debate between not only us, but the entire Raider Nation. And I just quickly wanted to say the sentiment to everybody that thinks I'm a Raider hater, and I constantly get that, I am 100% a bigger fan than those people will ever be. And there is no problem with asking questions and debating our situation as a fan base. We do not have to blindly agree. We do not have to blindly love and support everything that goes on. There's no problem in talking and giving opinions and debating certain topics. There is no anger or hatred meant from me. I love the Raiders, and I will always will. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's get right into it. Let me see if I can get my screen on screen, and I can pop the thing up. Here it is. The Antonio Brown saga kind of continues. It's getting annoying to me personally, but everybody's like, he's in camp today. He went to a meeting today. So it's all fake news and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we all know what's going on. He's fighting the helmet issue, whether the the NFL will approve his helmets, which clearly they don't want to at this point. But Antonio Brown, in my estimation, is getting pissy. And he's missing camp and doing all this other stuff. And just yesterday, Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Raiders, had to come out and make a statement and let's hear that statement now, and then we'll get into all this rhetoric that's going on. Right. So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, we have supported that. We appreciate that. Okay? But we, at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in or all out. Okay? So we're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope AB is going to be a big part of it, starting with one against Denver. End of story. No questions, okay? No questions. So we'll get into that, whether that's an issue in a minute. But I just want to ask a kind of a nice question for Antonio Brown from your perspective as well. Should Antonio Brown continue to fight the NFL. Yes, but with a really big caveat. So do you want me to expand on that, or do you want the short answer there? Man, we're on a show. We're having a debate. Expand, baby. All right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with fighting this fight, this plight of his to continue to wear the same helmet he's worn since high school, college, and in the NFL. I get it. I get it how particular you are as a man who depends on his body, his equipment, or, or as his tools to perform at the highest of levels, at a Hall of Fame level. I get it. At a certain point, though, it becomes, it gets to a breaking point. You've often heard me on this show, guys, talk about the crazy hot scale. If you don't know what the crazy hot scale is, think about a girl you've ever dated or if you're a woman listening, you're a guy you've dated. Think about, sorry, PC world. Think about a person you've dated, okay? And, <laughs> and think about how attractive they are versus how crazy they are. And it's a sliding scale. 
that the hotter they are, typically a little more crazy you'll put up with because they're so attractive to you that you're willing to put up with a little bit of abnormal behavior because of it. But at a certain point, their their craziness overrides their attractiveness. So the crazy hot scale eventually tips and you get to be like, you know what? I can't deal with this a level of crazy despite the fact that you're really hot. So I got to go a different direction. We got to break up, okay? Antonio Brown is tiptoeing the crazy hot scale line. And clearly, that's evident from Mike Mayock's statement uh, and him, John Gruden, now playing the good cop, bad cop, that if you listen to what Mike Mayock said there, he said this franchise is going in a great direction. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the, the, the gist of it. He didn't say the team. He didn't say the 2019 Raiders. He didn't say this offense. He said this franchise. They're operating with a big picture in mind, and Antonio Brown is one piece. And this is one piece that you watch. They will move on from quickly if his crazy hot scale tips over too much. Mike Mayock invested heavily into high-character guys in the draft. That's the future of the Raiders. Antonio Brown is a moment, and his moment is going to be over if he continues to fight this fight longer than Mike Mayock and John Gruden are willing to put up with. They're the bosses. They're the shot callers. You don't want to piss them off. I'm normally very much a, an, an apologist on this stuff. I'm normally very much the guy that says, oh, yes, it's fake news. While I think there is a strong element to that, and I think there is a strong element to the idea that this story is being blown out of proportion, I also understand that if he takes away time with the team because of it, that's what's going to piss them off. If he wants to say what he's going to say and do what he's going to do, they're going to have his back. You start missing time, which impacts the effectiveness of the offense, that's when they're going to get pissed off. That's why this whole thing I've said, I'll get worried about when he's not on the field week one because they've said this entire time he wasn't going to play in the preseason. Well, now we're getting dangerously close. then missing practices and at least even threatening because we're talking only a few weeks away here of him missing time in the regular season. That was, I tell you this, Raider Nation, mark my words, that isn't going to happen. They will move on from this dude in a hurry and find another option because they're not going to find themselves on the hook for his $30 million guaranteed. It's not going to happen. They'll put a stop to this, and we'll all move on from Antonio Brown. Because guess what? He's never taken a snap in the regular season. He ain't a Raider yet. I wasn't an Antonio Brown fan before until we got a, a hold of his contract, and now I'm Antonio Brown fan he's part of our team. But guess what? If they get rid of him, I won't be an Antonio Brown fan anymore. I'm a freaking Raider fan. He better do what's best for the Raiders. Otherwise, this dude can pound sand. So let's go back to the question. So should AB84 keep fighting the NFL? Your word was yes, 100%, correct? Until it be, and t- yes. You want to you continue to try to get something certified it's a past issue, whatever. I get it. Continue to try to do that. But don't let that keep you from progressing with the team. If you put everything else on hold while you're waiting for this helmet issue to get fixed, that's a mistake. You right. want to continue to pursue this, but practice in another helmet or do whatever. Just as long as you continue with the Raiders, they're going to be fine. If you stop your progress with the Raiders, 
that's when Mike Mack, John Gruden, me, everybody else is going to start having a major problem with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, I enjoy the fact that Antonio Brown is fighting the NFL. Of course, I want him just to wear the damn helmet and get onto the field and practice with the team. But I enjoy the fact that he's fighting the NFL. Why the heck not? Let's do it. But he has to maintain his regular life while he is going about this fight with the NFL. And apparently Antonio Brown is not able to maintain what he told the Raiders he was going to do, be it camp. Well, then there's too many excuses for Antonio to technically miss camp, according to him and his agent. A foot issue. He's mad. He's upset. He wants to stay at home and, and, and fight on Twitter. You know, fight the NFL. Those are not excuses. And Mike Mayock spoke about it. And they are clearly frustrated. So 100%, this is not fake news. This is a news story. And Mike Mayock perpetuated that story. Because they are at wit's end. But yes, Antonio should keep fighting the NFL. Why not make a president if you can? You ain't going to win. But that being said, I'm annoyed at why he is not becoming a leader and leading these young men on the field or albeit in meetings. And people are like, well, he came to the meeting today, Mike. So it's old news. Look, this is news. Regardless of the fact that he's there today, he was there last week. He was there for the game. He was there for the cameras. Then all of a sudden, a day later, he's not there. He was there in the first week. Then he wasn't there. This is a pattern, and he is not maintaining his life, and he is not living up to what he told Mike Mayock and the Raiders about his leadership so far. So we'll move on from that. Now the question is, let's go into details. Is he a problem for the Raiders truthfully, and why. And let's look at all of this from all angles, Murph. Go for it. Uh, No, I don't think he's a problem for the Raiders. I think they took a risk on a guy that's going to walk off the football field and into Canton, Ohio, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When you look at the amount of production that Antonio Brown brings to an offense, it's inarguable. And so is he a problem? No, because they didn't not going to give him room enough to be a problem. I mentioned before on the last show, if they void his contract, all they've paid him is a million bucks, and he's got to pay it back. That's it. We move on from it, and Tyrell Williams becomes our number one wide receiver. Like, it's this This is why you don't invest $90 million guaranteed in a player like Cleo Mack. Not that Cleo Mack was going to be an issue like this, but this is why. Because if you tie up all this money, Jamarcus Russell, and it doesn't work out, it screws over the entirety of the football team. Well, that's not what situation the Raiders are in, and that's what, what folks have got to remember, is that the Raiders aren't all in with some massive contract. For, like, look at what happened to Pittsburgh. They picked up a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown, sure, but they took a $21 million hit to their salary cap. That's massive. That's what, it's like not quite 20%, but that's a massive hit to your salary cap. That's dead money. They can't do anything with it. That's the kind of hit that they took moving on from Antonio Brown. Well, the Raiders didn't do that. The Raiders didn't tie up a whole bunch of money in him like that. So the answer to the question, I'm not trying to play the fence here, but can it be a problem? Sure. Will it go on? No, this ain't going to linger. This thing's going to be over in a few weeks. Over and done. Good, bad, or indifferent for Antonio Brown. 
It's not going to be a story for us as, as Raiders fans. Yeah, I beg to differ on that. I think Antonio Brown is 100% becoming a problem for the Raiders. If Mike Mayock has to come out and speak on Gruden's behalf as well, and that's what I think he did, that's a problem. I don't think Mike Mayock Why? is saying that just for hard knocks cameras or for, you know, publicity. Um, Why? Like what, like, what workplace have you ever been where there's not somebody that's disgruntled or somebody that, you know, there hasn't been, you know, the boss has to call into their office and be like, hey, man, here's what's going on. Here's what we need you to do. You're getting written up. or what? You know what I mean? People forget the football team is a freaking job and it's a corporation and it's run such. And so, yeah, so they got a guy, they got to deal with an issue. Why is that a problem? You're telling me that it's a problem for the team that it's somehow going to have a negative impact on the course. team? Of course. Oh, man. Of Wait. course. If Gruden... I'm not saying they are trying to make it, but if Gruden and Mayock are trying to change the culture, okay, and if they're doing it in a Patriot dynasty way, you know, for the Raiders moving forward, again, I don't know if that's what their technical plans are, but if they are doing it that way to create a culture, kind of all of the Patriot way, Antonio Brown is not being held accountable correctly. These young players are watching him get away with everything. If this was happening with the Patriots, they would have been started to get fined. And technically, Antonio Brown, he could are he's already defaulted on his contract, according to uh Adam, the guy for ESPN, Adam something. He's already defaulted by mission camp. They they read his contract out loud and he's defaulted on it. And the Raiders are not holding him to it. This is the problem, not, and this is where I got on my soapbox, and I'm not going to start hooting and hollering like I did last week because I got pretty fired up last week, and rightfully so. You're speculating, and this is the problem that I have with every. What am I speculating me. about? I just said if you're they are. You're speculating that it's a problem. You, you just said, well, it means It is this. a problem. If Mike Mayock talks about it, that's Why? a problem. Why? Well, we're talking about it. Is it a problem for you? No, but our general manager you're spoke assuming. to the media. And so said, what? if he's all in, that's a oh, problem. Yeah. That, that was such a problem. It took him 20 seconds to, and said no questions and walked away. Like, how much of a problem is it? Like, you know uh, what I mean? It's you, a big enough a problem for Mike Mayock to go in front of the cameras and make a statement. You and the proverbial you. <laughs> make these assumptions that these guys are just like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And well, what? Like, these guys, these are some of the most structured alpha males in terms of these are CEOs of corporations. That's what a general manager is. He's a CEO of the of the company, and the company just happens to be a football team. You think he's going to let some freaking wide receiver show him up or show the team up or the franchise, to use his words? No, it's not going to be a problem. Fans have a problem. Media has a problem because they look for problems because that's what generates stories and that's what gets clicks and that's what gets this is where I go off the rails. It's not a problem. Like if it's week one and he's not playing and if we spent ten million dollars in guaranteed money and negatively impacted our salary cap, that's a problem. Having your general manager issue a statement cares. You missed you a statement. So freaking what? People issue statements every goddamn day. Like it's not a problem yet. Like, we'll make assumptions. They speculate. 
What are we speculating on? Antonio Brown is fighting the NFL. Antonio Brown is not at camp. He's not leading the team. He's not going to meetings. That's not speculation. That's a problem. That's why Mike Mayock had to make a statement. How has that negatively impacted the team? You tell me. Without speculating. Dude, he's mess- he is messing with the chemistry of the team. He's proving to be above You're the team. You're assuming that. You're speculating. You There's no facts. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, but look at me, Raider Nation. The fact is, he's not there, and Mayock made a statement. That's a fact. I don't come up with an opinion without speculating. Do it without speculating. Give me something real. That's the end of this trash. With the helmet, with the feet, with it's, hard knocks. Uh, you know why? Because you don't know. None of you know. You're speculating. It's silly. We got to stop this stuff. We got to stop speculating. It's not speculation. It's a problem. Mike Mayock said it's a problem. Mike Mayock said it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He said, I want to know if he's all in or all out. That's a problem. Are you all in or you all out? You're coming to the team. He said it's time to be all in or all out. And again, that's a problem. It's a problem. Our general manager had to walk out in front of the media because they're asking questions, and he had to say, you know what? We're frustrated. We've exalted all avenues of respect and trying to get this guy a helmet. They've had six months, Murph. Did you know this? They had six months. Why hasn't Antonio Brown tested helmets before this? Why hasn't he exhausted all his options? Why can't he just wear the helmet and get used to it? No matter what, why can't he do it? Again, it's going against the team. It's a problem. From my perspective, Mike Mayock made a statement. That's a problem. If the IRS sends you a letter, it's not speculation. If the IRS sends you a letter, that's that's, that's what's absent here. When the IRS sends you a letter, it is factual. You owe us this amount of money. The facts are he's fighting the NFL. He's He's not in camp, and he's going against the team, and he's acting like a spoiled brat, and he has his agent talk for him on every occasion. I don't disagree with any of that. You know why? Because those are facts. I don't Again, disagree. So that's a problem. That, that's a problem for the team. Oh, it's not. Well, okay. In summary, <laughs> I think down yet. We haven't played it down yet, Mikey. I think it's, it's a problem for the team. Again, whether the players will say it publicly, they won't. But he possibly could be costing the players money. Players that are, you know, third wide receivers that want to get contracts in the future. Antonio Brown makes everybody better. All right, he can lead the team by example, and then he's supposedly the best hard worker in the NFL, correct? He's supposedly the best hard worker, but he proves it in video. But then all of a sudden, now with a new team that he said he was going to come to the team and hard work, he's pulling to the side, you know, having his agent talk for him. He's not leading the team, and he's not proving that hard work. It's a problem, Murph. It's a problem. It would not be talked about. Our general manager wouldn't have to make a statement. Gruden wouldn't have had to publicly say that we love him and we're all in with this kid. He wouldn't have had to say that if it wasn't technically a problem. It's a problem for PR for the Raiders, if that's what you want to say. And it's definitely a problem, according to Mike Mayock. And he had to put his foot down and he had to make a statement. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, in summary, why is Antonio Brown doing this, do you think? Like, in general, does he really just not want to show up for camp? Or, you know, is he trying to heal? Or just what do you think, Murph, you know? Because he's really... He wants to wear his damn helmet. I think he needed to heal his feet. And I think now... And even when you watched him when he was running routes in the preseason game before the 
before the thing started. I mean, he was ginger on his feet. I mean, you listen to the, uh, I forget it was James Jones or one of the one of the uh, analysts that, that knows him well, was saying he still looks like he's a little ginger. So I think that he's, yeah, he's still rehabbing his feet. He's still going through a lot of that. No, I don't think this, this is where you, again, we're going to go completely different direction. <laughs> I don't believe in these crazy-ass conspiracy theories and all this guy's doing that so we can do these nine other things. Now, real, I think real quick, I did not put out any conspiracy theory. I said he's fighting the NFL. May I made a statement? Not what I said, said is his way of getting out of camp. I'm yeah. It's a question. It's not. I'm not throwing out a theory. I'm asking a question. What do you think? Again, no, you know what my damn answer is. No, I think that's a silly notion. No, I think the guy wants to wear his helmet. And I think he's needed to heal his feet. Well, the end. Then why can't why can't the Raiders make a statement saying he's healing his feet? They and, did. I know, but that's what. But that no, they didn't. They didn't say that's why he's not in camp. Did you not watch Hard Knocks? They didn't did say you not watch episode two of Hard Knocks. They did not say that's why he's not in camp yesterday in order for Mike Mayock to make a statement. They did not say he's staying at home to heal his feet. They said he's mad and being a baby. They didn't say being a baby, but they said he's mad and they're tired of it and they're frustrated. So that's why he's I'm, staying I'm at home. I'm tired and frustrated too. Let's go on the next subject. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. We're it's, beating our head against the wall here, man. Let's talk about something fun. So you don't think he's doing it just to miss camp? No, I don't okay. think there's an ulterior motive. I don't think there's a conspiracy theory. I think the guy hurt his feet and he wants to wear his helmet. The end. He, you don't think he could possibly using it as excuses to miss camp? You get it? Some veterans they don't want to go to camp. They kind of want that relief. You get it? They just don't really want to be there. They just, you know, I'll show up at game time. And- I get it. I don't agree with you. All right. I just think some veterans. I know he's gonna ball out week one if he's on the field and. He wants his stats. He wants his money. But I'm just saying, some veterans, they kind of want to miss camp. And that could be one of these issues, but nobody's talking on it. Uh, what was the other thing? Um, again, technically, he can, he can. should the Raiders give him a five-day letter if Mike Mayock and all of them is frustrated and, and all that other stuff? I mean, I just want a conclusion. Do you have... Any conclusion in sight? I gave you my conclusion. I told you, I said he's not going to be up for the Raiders, are not going to allow him to have a negative impact on the football team. He already has. Uh, That's it. (laughs) He had. If Mike Mayock had to make a statement, it's already a negative impact. Okay. All right. Whatever. That's fine. We agreed to not disagree. (laughs) Uh, Did you read this statement? What do you think about him calling the NFL the N-word? Yeah, I think that was that was out of line. I don't like it. I think that's an absolutely unfair comparison. I'm, considering the context of his tweet and what it meant and all that, no, this is not. No, I, I thought that was bad taste. All right, and then I just want again your thought. I already know the answer because you yelled it to me enough. But Josh Jacobs wrote wrote a tweet today that might be a little bit um where unexplainable, but I think he's talking about the Antonio Brown situation. And then he just wrote, the media paints pictures, and y'all run with it. Well, I want to ask, what picture did the media paint besides showing Mike Mayock frustrated and talking about the issue that Mike Mayock presented? So what did the media paint? They consistently paint the Raiders in a bad light, despite what the story is. And this is nothing new. Um, This has been going on 
forever as long as i mean i'm in my 40s uh well into them and i've been a fan of this football team for a long time and seen a lot of media coverage of this football team and most of the time it's been negative even the times that we were good so it i mean even going back to when Groom was here the first time and think about when with all the all the stuff about charles woodson and all the stuff about janikowski and all they never focused on the, the, the actual team getting better and performing better and, you know what I mean, and contending for high levels of uh, uh, the playoffs. No, that was never – or very rarely was that the talk. Most of the time it was about, oh, Charles Woodson this, and oh, is he getting along with Gruden, and all the – you know what I mean? It was never – so forever the Raiders have been getting negative media attention. So that part of it doesn't shock me at all. The difference now is that – because Twitter is a thing and Twitter is dumb and 20% of the people, 20% of our population is on Twitter and only 20% of those people actually tweet. So when you think about the people that are actually active on Twitter, it's such a small, minute percentage of the people that exist in our country that it's not an accurate representation of what actual sentiments are of people. But that said, that's what gets that's the thing that's what he's referring to is that you got these butthurt reporters because the Raiders are going to leave and go to Las Vegas so you got guys like you know Tifer or whoever and now uh, and forever Kawakami and Silver and all those guys and they all say negative things about the team they all speculate negative things about the team and yeah and it gets fans wound up and that's what Josh Jacobs is talking about is that they present a, a statement. I said it last week, and I still hold to it. They present something that could be news, and then they present an opinion. And they don't differentiate between the two. And what happens then? You Raider fan, you get all fired up, and everybody gets all tweaked out about this damn stuff. And it's really unnecessary because at the end of the day, nobody knows. You can sit here tell me from now until the show is over that he's having a negative impact on the team, and that all blah 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 blah, leadership and yada yada. You don't know it. I don't know it. Nobody knows it. I'm going to trust Josh Jacobs because if he says, y'all are blowing this out of proportion, I'm going to trust the guy that's inside the building going, y'all are blowing this out of proportion. So, I mean, Josh Jacobs had no reason to lie to us. Like, come on. Come on, Raider Nation. Let's move on to something else, you know? I mean, look, I agree with the painting the picture segment for a lot of stories and, you know, in today's media, everybody takes a negative route. But per this one event I'm talking about, Mayock, whether that's what Josh Jacobs is referring to, there was no picture painted. Are you sure? Hey, in my opinion, there's no picture painted opinion, by You're speculating. Whatever. So you're treating you're tre- no, not whatever. It's you're true. treating me no like the media. Knows. You're saying I'm not a Raider fan. You're saying I'm negative because I post these videos no, as well. No, 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 I, no, no, yes, no, you no, are. No. You're completely doing it, and I'm getting pissed off. So I no, you're gonna let me speak now. That's what I you're gonna do. Any of that stuff. Yes, you did. You said everybody paints a negative picture in the media when they talk about all this stuff, and I. And you just said, I'm speculating just like the media. You just said that 10 minutes ago. So you're yeah. putting you're putting me in the exact same category. And you're basically oh. saying I'm a hater and I'm not a Raider fan. And that's no, what I just I spoke about. Yes, that, you did. I don't question your fandom, Mikey. You know, I never questioned well, your I'm fandom. I'm speculating, apparently. You're speculating. Well, yes, you're, you're speculating. Specula- you know no, you're exactly. speculating about my fandom. You know spe- exactly. How do you know? You don't know, know exactly. the facts. You don't know, you know the exactly. facts, Murph. You don't know the you know, facts what's in my head. You're speculating you know, about my fandom. 
You know exactly what this cryptic tweet that Josh Jacobs sent. You know exactly what he's talking about. You know for a fact you know what he's talking about. Yes, but like I was trying to say, per this Tell Mike Mayock event, Mike Mayock painted the picture. So the media did not paint the picture. Mike Mayock said, this is what's going on. Either he's all in or all out. Pour that statement. Then the media said, hey, Mike Mayock and the Raiders are frustrated. Uh, is he all in or all out? That is not that is not the media making a negative news story. Mike Mayock came out and said, hey, it's negative already. This is the picture. He's either all in or all out. We're frustrated. We've done everything we can. So in my opinion, that is not fake news for that for that one story. And it is not painting a picture. So Josh Jacobs, if he's referring to that, which he's probably not, because I'm speculating, it's not painting. But Mike Mayock painted the picture. Our official GM painted the picture of the Antonio Brown situation and said, hey, we're frustrated. So that's the picture that was painted. Sorry, bro. I just I just feel like people are calling me out a lot lately. Sorry, bro. Just for, man. J- I mean, just people for talking. Disagree with you. You, you, you know, it's look, this is we care about the team. We care about our sport. We love it. It's it's we're passionate about it. Clearly, okay. Well, and I'm just telling you, this is why I don't speculate on stuff. This is why. This is why I'll tell you definitively. Look, I don't know. This is just my opinion. This is why I do that because there's so much of this crap in our world, well beyond the freaking Raiders for crying out loud, where people are just they're just. Oh, I think that means this. Well, everybody does that. Nothing is definitive. Nothing. Nothing is definitive. So you get a cryptic tweet from Josh Jacobs that you nor anybody else can tell what it is he's talking about. You can guess. You can speculate. You can take it. You can say what your opinion is. You can do all that. But then someone else is going to have their opinion. And then someone else is going to have their opinion. And what happens? We all mentally masturbate one another and nothing gets accomplished. That's why I live in the truth. What's the actuality? And if in the actuality gets shown different later on, then it makes that person a freaking liar. But in the moment, I'm going to take them at their word. I'm going to take Gruden, Rosenhaus, Antonio Brown, Mike Mayock, Josh. I'm going to take them all at their word. And the day that they prove otherwise, then they're a freaking liar and not to be trusted. And I'll move on to something else. You see what I'm saying? I don't get caught up in this, whoa, what does all this mean? That's what everybody does. Oh, what does it mean? And Because you can't, everyone's got a different opinion. Everyone's got a different speculation. So you can't argue it because there's nothing factual. But you don't, so you don't think Mike Mayock is annoyed and frustrated? Is that speculation? I think Mike Mayock is prepared to do the best thing for the Raiders. I don't think he's got time to get caught up in the feeling of emotion of, oh, I'm frustrated. It, no. It's, he's called, not, it's called body language. You just watch what he says. It's, it's body language. That's it. That's look, not speculation. You're not, a, you're not a parent. I am. I know what it's like to have to make it this. You have to say something to one of your kids and you'd be like, look, here's the way it's going to go down. It's going to be this or that. And I'm sorry if you don't like it, but these are my rules. This is my house. You're either going to do this or you're grounded. Okay? Exactly. That's what it was. You're mad. You're frustrated and you're mad. And you're saying Mike Mayock is not mad. No. I'm telling you that he's prepared to do whatever he needs to do. Whatever he needs to do to, to either discipline the player or do whatever he needs to do for the best thing for the Raiders. That's what he needs to do. He's not sitting around like dwelling and like like fixating on. That's not how this guy works, man. But no. you, ju- you just proved it's a problem. With your analogy, you said 
your kids have a problem. They're not following the rules. So you made a statement and you told them what to do because it's a problem. So you just proved it wrong. All right, move on. Um, there's a poll, and I want your answer with this. Hey, Antonio Brown was scheduled to practice today. I go, Raider Nation, what are your honest thoughts about all this helmet issue and what's going on? Uh, so here's the options. You can't see it on screen. Help. You love it. You love it. We love it. That's what we do. It's called the great debate. <laughs> so trust me, this is good television. Whether you like television or not, or it's all speculation, this is good. Uh, do What do you agree with this statement? Most of the Raider Nation, when I put out this poll, they wrote, hashtag, just wear the damn new helmet. Uh, but what do you think on this poll? I wanted to get your answer. So the options are, it's like, what are your honest thoughts about this whole situation? Uh, and the poll question is, who needs camp? Meaning, like, who needs camp? Like, who cares about it? Um, I'm getting upset at all of this. Or hashtag wear the damn hel- new helmet. Or Antonio Brown is God and he is never wrong. <laughs> What's your answer on that poll? Because I- I'm not able to see. Yeah, I think it's got to be uh, just wear the damn helmet at a certain point. Again, that's I'm okay with him fighting the league. As long as it doesn't interrupt his progress with the team. I'm good with it. So if they, if they continue to rule against him, and from what I read today, the last two helmets that he had tested, they bailed turn down. They didn't they didn't certify them. So yeah, it's gonna and look, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get all back back into this again. He's gonna have to make a choice. He's gonna have to choose. You're gonna continue your career, or you're not. Like, but that, and so yeah, I think he needs to just wear the damn helmet. Like it because at a certain point, you can't fight the NFL. It doesn't work. It, it, the only person that's ever fought the NFL and won is Al Davis. And that's it. Everybody else is lost. And you're going to lose to Antonio Brown. And if you're prepared to go to the house, knock yourself out, man. What a good career. And, you know, wish we could have seen you in silver and black, but peace. Yeah, no, great statement, man. That's another reason why I'm, I'm just really more annoyed at Antonio Brown. Because I think in all these practices, whether he could get on the field officially all day or not, you know, according to his feet, I, I don't have the answer. But um, he could be walking around wearing the helmet, just, you know, purposely trying to get used to it and and, and stuff like that, you know, instead of just naysaying. Because eventually there's got to be a point where you got to put it on. And he's had six months, according to all you know, the reports, again, whether I know they're true or not. But um, he's had six months to deal with this, and he could have gotten used to a – you know, one of the, the helmets by now, at least a little bit more. But, hey, I'm hoping for the best. All right, let's move on to bigger and much better things. Me and you love documentaries. We love films. We love... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, we love uh, Hard Knocks. So give me your instant reaction of episode two. Maybe grade it. Give me your best and worst moments, a favorite quote. What have you from episode two of Hard Knocks? Yeah, I give it a, I don't know, they're all A's, so we'll just differ degrees of A's. So how about an A minus? Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, wasn't quite as good as the first one, but just barely not as good. Favorite quotes would be, uh, "My life is running out of lifespan." That was funny. like that was brilliant. Uh, Gruden yelling at Peterman. Um, yeah, I thought it took a little bit more. The first one, I thought, it did a really good job of establishing the Raiders in terms of its organization, its tradition, its history, its its family. Uh, you know. Uh, environment and about how there's a lot of camaraderie. They showed alumni weekend. Like that was a really nice build, like a like a table set for 
the organization and for the team. I thought that was really well done. This one got a little bit more into the dynamics of, uh, of, of you know, the, the, the players and, and the coaches directly and, and especially seeing them in the preseason game. And, 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 I, and that's where, to me, Hard Knocks hits its stride. Of course, the first episode was awesome as a radio fan, just getting to see all that stuff. But in terms of a football fan, the middle episodes are always the better ones because you get to see the, you know, position battles really start to take shape. And, Good point. And then at the end when it closes out, you know, you see how they end when they start cutting players. But um, but in these middle episodes, you get to see the battles. And so, you know, you get to see Mike Glennon versus Peterman and what that looks like. And I, and I think that's a lot of fun. I think we really got to see um, the intensity ratcheted up a little bit. Uh, I know what your follow-up question is, so I'll save my answer entirely on that. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was a little bit more instead of a the dynamic range of light-hearted to seriousness. Um, this one was a little bit more in the middle in terms of like scope and severity of what they were actually doing. Yeah, uh, I mean, instant reaction. I love everything, just like you said. I am so happy to watch my team, and unfortunately, I cannot watch tomorrow night's episode. Live, I I mean, you know, in the good graces of the world, I got an event to go to and meet some fans and stuff like that. So that'll be great. Yeah. But I would, believe me, I'd love to watch Hard Knocks live on camera as well. But uh, I give it an A+. I loved Gruden. Gruden was featured uh, for the real Gruden-esque that we'll talk about in a minute. And I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And he had a lot more cush, cursing in this episode. Uh, but they did not mention, I didn't have a chance to make a video. They didn't mention Vegas. Or the last year in Oakland, again, for the second week uh, in a row. Mike Mayock was technically not on camera as um, just talking or being a part of it. It seems like he truly, once he made that statement, he doesn't really want to be involved at all. And he's kind of like, he's not on camera, you know, personally, like, whatever. Um, I love the quote from, and I got the picture on screen, I'll put it on there, of Hunter Renfro. You know, in his humble way or his humble nature, when he's talking to Keelan Doss, you know, the Alameda fan from the town of Oakland, undrafted free agent to the Raiders, made the touchdown in the game. And he goes, man, you know, what an amazing debut. God just winks at you sometimes. I mean, what what a beautiful statement from Hunter Renfro. And that should be on T-shirts, you know, for positivity everywhere. And Lord knows I need positivity almost every day in my life because I even got mad at Murph right now, and I freaking love you, brother. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> I love you too, Mikey. So, but yeah, that was my favorite thing, and my best moment from the episode. Well, it's got to be Gruden being Gruden. I'll just we'll talk about that in a minute. But Gruden being Gruden, um, I kind of enjoyed that. And then the worst moment, it's got to be a cringe moment again. Is I cannot believe Antonio Brown showed his feet. I cannot believe he showed it on Hard Knocks. What he and I think he was away from camp. So did they bring a film crew to wherever he was at? I don't know. But it was just interesting that like I didn't know if he was sharing that with the Raiders or doing it on the sidelines for media coverage. Just, that was editing. That if you look at the first episode and the second episode, that's one workout. Remember how they opened up. Episode number one, after they established the team and they went to Antonio Brown working with his trainer. If you look at that high school field or whatever it was they were at and what he's wearing and all that. It was probably that day. They edited it. They saved the footage from from week one and imported it over to week two to provide continuity to the story. That's what happened. 
Yeah, they do that a lot. They do that a lot. So that's a very, 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 very good point. So um, there it is. That's pretty much the pre. I mean, the the review. We we can always go into more detail, but the experts. A lot of people are reviewing these episodes of Hard Knocks. Not only us Raider fans, but a lot of experts as well. Why? Because it's the most rated Hard Knocks in history, as proven already. And the media knows the Raiders sells tickets, whether it be in storylines, whether it be in reviews. And there's a lot of experts or other people making reviews on Hard Knocks that they probably never did in previous seasons with other teams. But a couple of these just caught my eye, and I won't name them by person, but a, a few of them, again, in the negative aspect of media, they were saying John Gruden is faking it or acting faked for the cameras, and it's all a John Gruden shtick. And that's why he brought out the cuss words, the coaching, the yelling at players. And real quickly, I did notice he never yelled at Derek Carr, or they edited it out because they didn't want that narrative out there. But he yelled at every other quarterback during that game, but Derek Carr. Uh, so is John Gruden faking it? Is it a shtick? Or what say you in terms of that stuff in John Gruden in the episode? Well, unless Derek Carr stepped on his foot or something, he wouldn't really have a reason to yell at him because he wasn't playing. He wasn't even in uniform. So I think that, that's kind of understood. At, he yelled at all the quarterbacks at camp. Yeah, but they weren't, well, whatever. I, 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 sure. What, did they leave that stuff? Maybe there wasn't anything to put in there. you got to remember, this is television. So, I mean, if, if content is not good, then you're not going to put it out there. So, if it's just him coaching Derek, then, yeah, what was fun was listening to him yell at Peterman about running out of lifespan. That was entertaining. That was engaging. Um, you know, this is just, you know, this is, a, yeah, this is, you know, media kind of ratcheting it up because it's the Raiders and because it's Gruden. Um, you know, apparently they've never watched Hard Knocks before because they never saw Bill O'Brien in his foul <laughs> mouth. They saw Rex Ryan in his foul mouth. I mean, like, that's the nature of the show is that coaches have foul mouths and show them. And I, and even going back to Gruden said this week, very similar to what Bill O'Brien said when, when the Texans were on there. And that was, I got cut down on how much I'm cursing. Every time I curse, they use that. So it's like, they they take, you know, look, the, the, the guys are going to curse throughout. Look, they're talking about they follow them for eight hours, and you got a one-hour episode, and you got ten minutes of that one hour are of the coach. And so they, they you know, fill it with profanity because that's fun. It's funny. It's, you know, it, it cracks you up. You know what I mean? And so, so it makes it seem like it's a little more vulgar than probably what it really is. So, you know, I think that that's a lot of – context to it and whether Gruden is ratcheting it up or not you know look Gruden is not shy you know Gruden is not the guy that's ever turned away from a camera you know what I mean whether it be a corona ad or Monday night football or whatever like you know this is the guy that knocked the Super Bowl ring on the commercial and is yelling at tires for Bridgestone and you know what I mean like so is it feasible that he could be amped up a little bit yes absolutely but here's the dirty little secret Raider Nation and anybody mm -hmm. else what reality show isn't? Because I got news for you. If you haven't figured it out yet, reality TV isn't always real. Like, you know, there's and sometimes it's just flat out scripted. But so is it possible that Gruden could be amping it up a little bit at different times because he thinks that it might be a make for a good soundbite? Sure. Is that make it bad? I don't think so. I think it's great. It's entertaining television. So these critics or these people, these to try to turn this into a, again, try to take it and spin it into something negative. It's like, 
Man, don't you have anything better to do? Just let's just, no. uh, just enjoy this. It's no, uh, half of us have nothing better to do, Murph. We're not like you. We don't got real lives and real jobs. Half of us got, we got nothing better to do, Murph. That's why we do it. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to say that on in defense of my people, my negative people. Come on. <laughs> had to say it. Uh, is John Gruden faking it? Put no. that on a shirt. In defense of my negative people. That. That needs to be. That's pretty funny, actually. Thank you for saying that. Uh, sure. Yeah, is John Gruden faking it? No, it is Gruden. Uh, but does he amp it up for the cameras? 100%. Because I'm an actor as well, and no matter what, I'm a negative person in life or whatever, but I go out and the cameras come on me, guess what? I'm going to be positive. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to go. I'm going to make some jokes. I'm going to do some funnies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it is. And it's not really fake. It is a part of who I am, but it's just kind of been hidden lately. But it doesn't mean I'm fake. It just means I'm amping it up, and I'm trying to, you know, bring. We're animated. It's we do. If you, if anybody could listen to us on this show before we flip the mics on, before we actually start, Mike and I are talking to each other like this, and I was going, "Yeah, did you have a good weekend?" <laughs> so we're talking to you, hey, man. Yeah, you know, how's the family? How's family's great, man. How's yours? You know, you know. And then you flip the microphones on, we lose our minds. You know what I mean? Look, it happens. And, and am I being fake? No. Are you being fake? No. Are you being, is this reality? Yes. But are we amped up? Yeah. Do I, is this how I behave at the dinner table when I'm with my kids? You know what I mean? Nope. Hey, tell me about your day. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, it's amped up, man. So yes. Do they amp it up for the cameras? Sure. Yeah. It's no stick for me either. You know, during the show, I got mad at Murph. I yelled at him. That was no stick. That was me saying, I have anxiety. I'm afraid I'm making Murph mad at me. I don't want to lose him because I love him. And I was like, no, now you're pissing me off because whatever. It's all good. But it's not fake or it's not a shit. A sti- I can't even no. say it. It's not a no. shtick. But would we have had that conversation off air? No, that no. wouldn't happen. No, I have, I'm going to apologize you, to you after the show. I'm going to tell you why I'm sorry. That's what I do. I, I think about it for five days. Uh, but I'm going to end it with this. No. No, no, you know, I love you. It's all good. The proof is in the pudding, as you talked about with editing, that the Raiders do have final say. And the narrative, remember, of of Derek Carr, of being, you know, whether some said he's a, a P-U-S whatever, or he's insecure or whatever. You know that narrative in the media? Well, in both these episodes of Hard Knocks, again, they didn't show Gruden yelling at Derek Carr. I'm sure he did, you know, just to make him a better player, but they didn't show it because the media is going to run with Gruden versus Derek Carr. You know, they're going to play that up. And then also, the announcer made an announcement in both episodes reiterating the fact that Derek Carr is a tough leader among men. The announcer said it in both episodes out of nowhere. Derek Carr is a tough... I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to that aspect. So that's their way of showing... You know, Derek Carr in a good light. Um, so I do think, I mean, whether it's a bad agenda or a good one, I'm not saying that, but they are doing that technically. I think, uh, that's, I think that's fair. I think they're going to have some, some control over the narrative. I'm sure that's part of the negotiation process when you go through these things. And I assume that that, cause look, there isn't one episode of Hard Knocks or one series of Hard Season of Hard Knocks where they haven't painted somebody in a very positive light. And look at, and these are all bad football teams because if you're a really good football team, you don't end up on hard knocks. That's why I've never seen the Patriots there. So whether it's been the Bengals or the Texans or the Ravens or the, you know, whoever that we've seen, 
that's their Browns typically coming off of a bad or not typically always coming off of a bad season. So you're going to you're not going to fixate on the negative things, nor give the media fuel like what you're saying, which I agree with. You're not going to give them something to latch on to, to spin it in a negative light. The team's going to be able to have somewhat of, of, of content, um, not, I want to use the word censorship, but like approval, or there's got to be something. There's some kind of thing going on where there's negotiations or conversations that are happening between the producers of the show and likely not even Gruden Mayock. It's probably some PR firm working on the Raiders' behalf that negotiates this stuff for them, and they're given a set of guidelines from the team, from Mark Davis and Bedane and Gruden and Mayock and everybody else that says, here's what we want out of this season. Now go, Mr. PR firm. You go and deal with HBO on it. That's probably how the structure works. Hey, whether it was put in contract by Derek Carr to say nice things about him or not, I don't know. But I'm just speculating there. Let's move the heck on. But I'm happy for Derek Carr. I like those statements. He is a great guy. Uh, so the NFL preseason game is coming up. We got the Green Bay Packers versus the Raiders. It's for the first time in history in Winnipeg, Canada at their stadium. But apparently they're having a hard time selling tickets. The ticket prices were through the roof for a preseason game. And a lot of the teams uh, reportedly are not even going to play their starters, if not. So there's apparently 20,000 seats left for an event that's coming up in four days. Uh, Just quickly, how did the NFL get this wrong? And do you have an issue with it being in Canada and us losing a home game? And what are your thoughts on this whole situation? I think that the NFL has been doing everything they can to get as many or as few home games as possible in Oakland, uh, really ever since the you know the conflict started, and especially when they sued the. You gotta remember when the when the when the city of Oakland sues the Raiders, they're not just suing the Raiders Shield, they're suing the NFL Shield, and the NFL doesn't like to get sued, and so they're going to do everything they can to pull as much revenue away from the city of Oakland as they possibly can. That's why you see our team playing in London and Mexico City, and now in Canada. That's why we play all these games abroad. Because, you know, look, the, the Raiders are a marketable brand, so they know that they'll do well in those markets. And then it doesn't uh, provide any uh, extra revenue to the, to the city of Oakland, who they don't like. You know, so um, it's not surprising to me that this happened. Uh, I think out of anything on this story in particular, what's surprising to me, yeah, was the exorbitant amount of money. Because I've read through a lot of the, the the posts and the feedback and things from people that are actually trying to go, not people that are guessing or speculating, but people that are actually trying to go to the game from the Canadian Raider fans. And like the cheap seats are like 114 bucks. Like, come on, who wants to go to a preseason game for 114 dollars? I don't care if it's the Raiders coming to your backyard or not. That's a lot of damn money if you want to take your family to a freaking football game. That wasn't like, the initial on. fee. They actually brought the prices down about six or seven days ago because they weren't selling tickets. So it went to 75 with all the taxes and everything, which makes it like a little over 100 But the original fee was like 175 So it made it over 200 to get tickets and the cheap seats. Yeah, I think the NFL kind of overplayed this one a little bit. And look, they're not a perfect organization. They're going to make mistakes, and I think this is one of them. I, I don't think the mistake. I don't think the mistake was wanting to play a game in Canada. I get all that, but I think the execution. Yeah, it was poor. It was poor. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just stupid stupidity from the NFL and my. I mean, they have the Canadian Football League out there. <laughs> That's the whole point. And then on top of that, they're playing. I think are they playing Canada football? They might not be. But who, how many Raider fans? I, not a lot of. I'm not trying to be rude to Raider fans, but how many of us mere mortals have the money to fly to Canada? You know, get a hotel, all that other stuff. Then on top of that, pay $200 for the cheapest seats in the league to possibly not even see our starters play. You know, because that's the way of the NFL. There, A lot of teams like the Rams and all that, they're not playing their starters until week one, basically, because they're hoping they're going to go to the Super Bowl and they don't want to get anybody injured. So that is a narrative. So how many people can truly afford it? I can't. So... I think they made a bad job with all this decision. It should be in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree, but I know why it's not. So for those reasons I listed, yeah. All right. And another Josh Jacobs statement that just kind of freaked me out. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're going to speculate here, or I'm going to. But uh, he said that, that the game is slowing down for him already. After seven snaps in his first preseason game. I don't, it just sounds a little bit weird. And I'm like, where's the humble? <laughs> you know, but what do you think on that statement where he said the game is slowing down already? Yeah, I mean, it's nice to hear. I mean, I'm I'm glad it is, and I'm glad that's his truth right now, that, that the game is slowing down for him. I think that in three years, if you ask him that question again, he'll tell you, uh, no, now the game is truly slowed down for me. I think that, you know, when you're a young man and you've got a new role and you got a new opportunity and whatever, you're going to be – you know, enthusiastic about your your progress that you you know maybe make, and um, and I think that yeah, has the game slowed down for it? Well, I don't have any reason to not believe him, but what I definitely think is that the game will continue to slow down for him, and that this is not like its final stages of slowdown here. Like, there's a lot more to go for Josh Jacobs. So I remember I had a boss one time. I'm going to use a bad word here in a second. I had a boss one time when I first started uh, in, in in a role with a company and. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty good career move for me. And I was telling him, man, I'm going to hit the ground running. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And he said, hey, man, let me tell you something. You ain't going to be worth a shit <laughs> for about two years. And what, his, and what his point was, was that there's so much to absorb. There's so much to learn. There's so much to, to take in that it's like drinking from a fire hose early on in your career. And that until you absorb all that information and have a truly under, uh, true understanding and grasp, of what it is you're supposed to be doing, at that point, you can then get out there and really be effective. I think that's a little bit of what we're seeing with Josh Jacobs. Now, the learning curve for running backs is a lot smaller than what it is for other positions, but I think that, you know, he's feeling himself a little bit, thinking that he's getting out there and he's going to really get after it. Well, let's see what happens when week one hits. Let's see what happens when week two hits. Let's see what happens in week eight and nine when the grind of the season is upon you or the latter part of the season when you've played more football games than you ever have in a season in your entirety of your career at Alabama, let's see how much the game has slowed down for you then at that point. So I think that there's a little bit of a curve there, but I like the enthusiasm. I like where he's at, and I don't think this is a, 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 you know, a ceiling point for him. I think that he's, gonna, he's got a lot, lot more growth to experience here throughout his career. Yeah, I just – I mean, I love the statement and the confidence – but knowing this Raiders teams in the media and then the, the issue he had with the press or the way he spoke about the situation on Twitter, it, 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 I, I, would, I would be remiss to say, young man, slow your roll. Because if there's any problems in the future with him running or the team or whatever, they're going to say, well, he said it's slowing down already within seven snaps. 
you know, so it might create a controversy later in life. I wish he would toe the line and he'll just say, you know, yeah, it's, it's very quick out there, but I'm proud to be in the NFL, you know, toe that line. But hey, it's not Josh Jacobs way, so I cannot fault the guy for it. But I'm like, slow your roll, young man, slow your roll. Um, all right, let's move on quickly and then we're going to move on. But uh, what's wrong with the Jay-Z partnering with the NFL for social justice and now Jay-Z is apparently a team owner as well. Do you have any issues with this in terms of the social justice aspect or lies or BS or, or anything? I don't have a problem with it at all. I think it's great. I think you got somebody, uh, look, jay Z's a smart man. He's a phenomenal businessman. And he understands that in order to, um, you know, in order to attain progress, you have to have conversations. And, you know, in the cancel culture that we're in nowadays where everybody wants to, you know, exclude people. Um, and I'm talking about on, on all sides. Um, everybody just wants to, to exclude and to, and, to, and, to, and to, you know, remove someone's voice or someone's position because it doesn't agree with theirs. So therefore, it, I don't want it to exist. Well, real world things exist simultaneously. And when those two sides talk and work together, that's again where progress is made and somebody like Jay-Z can be an effective mediator on behalf of the players and the and the the true message behind the movement because i think the ultimately in terms of the social social justice aspect of the league it got lost man the message got lost and and that was unfortunate because the message was valid the message got lost because that turned into something else somebody like Jay-Z will have an understanding of how to craft and to market a message in a way that works for everyone. And when it works for everyone, again, we get progress. We can actually maybe see some growth and see some positivity come from this stuff instead of the, I felt like for a long time there, it was just a constant barrage of, of negative attention from all angles. And, it, and it, it wasn't like there was no winner and loser there. Everybody was just losing. So I'm hoping that, that Jay-Z's presence and him being the voice, the in-between. I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be a good thing. I hope we're going to see some good things out of this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I only have a few issues with it because I know Jay-Z is a capitalist. He's a businessman first. And this just feels a little bit like, you know what, Roger Goodell, like, let me go out and get the biggest and, you know, person, capitalist or whatever to build around that just because, He's popular, and I'm just going to say because he's black in some sense, but he's a businessman, so Roger Goodell would like to work with a businessman, you know, that can have that social justice because, because the, the African-American community loves Jay-Z. Yeah, because in order to do business, you have to you have to grow. You have to, People have to get along. And so I think that, yeah, that's perfect. And if you look at it from just a straight business angle, fine, because the, the other side of that, too, guess what Nike is? It's a for-profit business. You think all the stuff with Colin Kaepernick is because they have a, a heart for social justice? Come on, man. Look at research. Do some research. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm just saying to, to the world. Out there. You. <laughs> yeah, talking to the world out there. Research Nike a little bit. Like, this is not a champion for human rights here. Like, this is a for-profit company. And if you don't think that them getting in bed with Colin Kaepernick not only diluted the message but turned it into a for-profit opportunity, you're sorely mistaken. So there is a lot of business going on around this, and that's the unfortunate side of it. So now can Jay-Z generate some genuine change? 
with that already being a known and not having a hidden agenda and be willing to bring everyone in and not again canceling out or you know that pushing others aside no he's going to bring everyone in let's all work together because again that's when things work that's how our freaking mm-hmm. world works we're all better when we work together you try to do your own thing and you cancel somebody else because they do something different or have a different mindset nothing happens all we do is create division that way bring it all together and look man i never thought jay-z would be the guy to bring us all together on this stuff but God bless him, man. I think it's great. I hope I hope to see him have success, whatever these initiatives are he's got planned. Yeah, I mean, I hope for success as well. But again, I'm just, again, I look at everything differently, negatively. Whatever people want to say about me, that's, it hurts me, but it's fine. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, if it's for social justice, why not go to the guy that everybody supposedly wants to get a job? Why not ask Colin Kaepernick to be the the partner for social justice, you know, bring that to the forefront. Then everybody will shut the heck up because he has a job with the NFL again. And if Colin Kaepernick is truly for social justice, he won't deny that job opportunity because he'll want to prove it to the world by taking that job as that ambassador. Uh, you, might, you might see him on there. I mean, there's still, I mean, that's, this is far from over. So we I, yeah, I just wish it would have been to him or Eric Reed or, you know, an actual player in the league. You know, for the good yeah, graces. Here's the thing, though. Look, look. Uh, those guys are dopey. Like, Colin Kaepernick is not a... I know, I know. You're right. You know what I mean? The most polished individual here. So he's kind of a dope. So somebody like Jay-Z is who can... You know what I mean? Like, this is a guy who's in charge of multi-billion dollar corporations. Like, that's the guy you want helming this initiative. So it makes, it, it, makes it feel like... That Sorry. doesn't that wasn't very good to begin with, and that's why he's not in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, I get it. It, I ma- get it. it makes it feel like though Roger Goodell is trying to profit off of social justice by bringing in a businessman f- for what you said. So it's kind of weird, but you know what? It's all good. We're gonna move on. It's not Raider related, but I like to talk about things like that. All right, let's do rapid fire, man. We got to get the show going along. Let's get it moving. We only got a few minutes. Yeah, the training camp has moved on. And let's just quickly go over the winners of these battles again from your perspective a week in or a second, third week into camp. Uh, the Battle of Punter has apparently been answered, so I'm not going to ask you, but Johnny Townsend was released and A.J. Cole is doing a dang good job. He's averaging 47 yards a punt this preseason. What say you on the punter situation? I liked his stats with his uh, punts inside the 20. I think that was the other thing. It wasn't just distance. It was accuracy. Correct. You know what? Great statement. Uh, Battle slot wide receiver. Ryan Grant has had some good moments. Hunter Renfro has caught a few balls, but to me hasn't showcased much. But who do you still think will officially win that top slot wide receiver spot? Between those two guys? Yes, Ryan Grant and Hunter Renfro. Or if there's another third person that came into the mix. Keelan Doss. I think Keelan Doss is going to have a lot to be said for here before this is over. All right, good point. Um, I still think it's Hunter Renfro. He's being spoke about in the media too much. Keelan Dosh might make the team, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. That was a good thing. Defensive tackle, uh, Justin Ellis, Jonathan Hankins, or P.J. Hall, who's winning that battle alongside Maurice Hirsch that you think of? Uh, I like I like P.J. Hall in that, but I know Hankins is making a lot of noise. And there's another guy, I forget his name, younger guy, I want to say where's like number 60 or something like that. I keep seeing his name pop up. Uh, in the news feed as well, that he's getting some attention at camp. I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, he's a free agent that we just brought in a, a couple weeks back or something, I believe. 
No, nah, it wasn't Ethan Westbrooks. That's the guy that replaced Ollie. This was somebody else. I, I saw. I'll find. I'll find it. Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. Uh, battle cornerback Daryl Worley or Trayvon Mullen? I'm I'm sure it's Worley. It is. Although I like Trayvon Mullen a lot, I think that he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna make the team. He's gonna be good. Yeah, but the cornerbacks all look pretty good so far. And then this is the big one: uh, Mike Glennon or Nathan Peterman. From your aspect, who's winning the backup position? I think it's got to be Glenn, and I know he threw those couple funky picks in the end zone in that in that first game. But man, he was throwing dimes here in the second game, so I'm going to go with Glennon. I 100% agree. Uh, battle left guard, who looks better so far, Jonathan Cooper or Incognito? Funky thing. I can't see the screen to know who it is, but uh, you know what I mean in terms of who you, you're, you're referencing directly. But we're having uh, uh, Gabe Jackson on the on the IR, or not IR, but whatever. He's going to be out, and then Cognito being suspended. We're going to need all the guards, so all these guys are going to be in the mix one way or the other. You know what? Great point. But, yeah, which I just wrote it had Jonathan Cooper incognito on screen. All right, defensive end. Who's looking the best from your aspect, even though Mark Max Crosby has an injury? Uh, hasn't played much. Max Crosby, Arden Key, or Benson Mayoa, defensive end. I like Arden Key, man. I'm still on him, man. I, I'm a big fan of his, and I think that he's going to have a a great career to come. So give me Arden Key. Yeah, he's playing a lot, and they're really trying to get the best out of him, and they are 100% giving him a shot, and he looks to be all in almost on every play, and that's kind of fun to watch. All right, fullback battle. I'm sure you're going to say Alec Ingold, but Key Smith comes back this week. Keith Smith is my favorite because he was on my show, remember? He's always going to be my pick. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Uh, undrafted free agent linebacker, Tavon Coney, Koa Farmer. Who's leading in that aspect? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked at those guys. I haven't, honestly, I haven't even paid attention to them playing. Uh, give me a Koa Farmer. Cool. I'll give um, Coney. Uh, battle tight end. Uh, we did see both of them catch passes, and Luke Wilson was in as well last week. So Luke Wilson or Darren Waller? I like Darren Waller, man. I th- thought he, he he played well, and and uh, man, I'm just a big fan of his too. I think that he, like Arden Key is going to be the surprise on our defense. I think Waller is going to be the surprise on our offense. Yeah, I think Luke Wilson is coming up there. We're going to find out this week, but uh, definitely for now, it's Darren Waller ahead of Luke Wilson. But who knows? Battle safety: Jonathan Abram, Lamarcus Joyner, Carl Joseph. Just say all three of them. <laughs> yeah, because they're all going to play exactly. Uh, undrafted free agent that officially makes the roster. Wide receiver Keelan Dosh, Lester Cotton Sr., the guard. Uh, no, Ronald Raleigh's gone. Koa Farmer, Alec Ingold, or Tavon Cooney? Uh, I, I like uh, I like Keelan Dosh, man. I think that he's going to have a shot, man. He, he almost had it before, and I think this is the year he gets it done, man. I think he's going to be in the roster. All right. So let's quickly just elaborate on that real quick. I mean, let's go through the wide receivers. How does he make the team? Who gets cut? I mean, we got, we got, uh, let's say Antonio Brown, uh, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro. Uh, who's the the other? I'm pretty sure JJ Nelson will make the team. So that's five already. Yeah, I could. I don't see Aitman maybe making the team. I don't because now we have our big, we have our big body now with Williams. Um, so I, I think Aitman's probably out. I think Ryan Grant's a little, even though he made a great play. Uh, Rico and, Gafford. And, Rico Gafford's looking good, too. Yeah, but he's just a fast guy. You know what I mean? I think he's just a camp guy, just a fast guy. Keon Hatcher? Uh, who did well in the preseason couple of years. But I think that I think Doss, man, I think that's going to be the guy. I think he's going to sneak in there. I, I, you know, I'm rooting for him anyways. 
but I've already mentioned five. I didn't even mention Aitman. So who gets cut again? I said, Aitman. No, I don't think it, I, I got a feeling like Aitman's not going to make the team because we already have a big body now in, in Tyrell Williams. So we're holding six wide receivers. I don't know, man. I don't know how the math is going to work out, but I think that Keelan Doss has done a little bit too much to ignore whether that earns him a special team spot. You know, based on that, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how the math is going to work, Mikey. But um, you know, is it is it you know feasible for him to carry a sixth wide receiver and two quarterbacks? Sure. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah, I was just saying that I presented five uh, wide receivers and Aitman wasn't in there. I can't see your screen, so I, I don't know what's going no, on. No, no, no. I'm saying now, like offhand, I presented five wide receivers. Aitman wasn't even included. So out of those, if they keep five, they have to cut J.J. Nelson or Hunter Renfro. Or That's what I'm saying. It's kind of scary. Grant. You know what I mean? I didn't include Grant. Let's okay. go through it again. We got Antonio Brown is one. Brown, Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson, Hunter Renfro. Those... Four oh, that's four. You're right. That's four. Forgive me. Four guys are going to make the team, right? So then you got a fifth spot, which is, I think very Dosh, gotcha. could be Keelan Dosh. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, thank you for, for pulling up the fingers. I should have done that too as well. <laughs> Veterans on the roster bubble. Take off my shoes. Yeah, I have to count that way all the time. Uh, and I always mess up still. Uh, I only had three fingers. That's what what happened, Murph. I'm just kidding. Uh, Brandon Marshall, Eddie Vanderdosh, Kowser, Nelson, Washington, Mike Glennon gets cut. Brandon Marshall, Eddie Vanderdosh, or Kowser? I've been claiming Eddie Vanderdosh, so I think he's getting way overshadowed by what's going on at defensive tackle. So I'm going to say he's out. Yeah, I'm going to say Eddie Vanderdosh and James Kowser. All right, let's move on to do a quick game review as quick as we can possibly do it because we had a great show debating whatever you want to call it the Raiders won in their second game they win against your 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 predictions Murph uh, <laughs> we've won a second game in a row we we scored a lot they looked very good I really like the way the team looked Gruden had them fired up we won 33 to 26 what's your instant reaction to the game something that stood out anything uh well the uh, the audible call that Derek Carr had JLo Phil Mickelson like that that was pretty damn funny um, you know, hearing him holler that, I'm assuming since Phil Mickelson is a left-handed golfer, that means the play was going to the left. J-Lo, however, I don't know what the J-Lo reference would be because we know what J-Lo is famous for. Um, so I don't know how that would translate to uh, uh, NFL vernacular. But anyways, but hearing that audible call, that was that was pretty cool. Around the way, girl, I don't know. So the, um, the idea of the air red offense that – uh, Cliff kick that Cliff Kingsbury runs. Uh, friggin' Gunther just blitzed the hell out of it, and 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 that was that was pretty impressive. I mean, he was sending seven, eight guys at a time, and uh, you know the, the team looked amazing. I mean, I know enough about this stuff to keep it in perspective that it's a preseason game, but if that didn't wind you up as a Raider fan, if you didn't have fun watching that game, then I don't know if you got a pulse, man, because that was pretty damn fun watching our team dominate and you know, and i heard some of the some of the detractors on social media were like oh we let up on them in the fourth quarter well guess what none of those guys are going to be playing uh, in, in the league like it's th- those those were absolutely fill-in players were bottom guys that aren't going to be uh they're not even going to sniff making teams so in terms of the players that are going to have an impact on the 2019 raiders they looked phenomenal and this air raid offense of cliff kingsbury good luck with that because you have a, <laughs> this whole hand clap thing, all that stuff. Like, I, I don't see that being much of a threat. And 
And we play them in the regular season, right? So that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good indicator of what that game could end up like for us uh, in the regular season. Yeah, I just love the fact how Gruden, Gunther, whoever was making the play calling on offense as well, we've scored on every opening drive, whether it be of the game or the third quarter, or every time we've put a, a new quarterback in, they've scored, whether it be a field goal or a touchdown, on every opening drive for that player. And I really love it. And they used it as an example to show the league that the Raiders ain't playing around. Plus, it builds confidence. So I just really loved it. And I loved the defense, man. I thought the defense played great. But you're right. They led up toward the young play or the other players' second, third strings led up. Uh, court- we don't play the Cardinals. I'm looking at the schedule now. I was wrong on that. We don't play them. That sucks because the Cardinals are not going to be very good. We would whip their ass. Yeah, we're looking at the running backs here. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he looked very well when he went in. And I was thoroughly impressed. He only had four carries for 21 yards. But which is an average of 5.3, and one of them went for eight, though. But he looked very poised, and I loved what I saw out of Washington as well. And um, so there it is. You want to speak on the running backs, if any? Nah, man, we got to get moving. So I think you covered it well. All right. And the leading wide receiver was Keelan Doss with five receptions for 38. And, again, they all looked pretty dang decent. And Gruden definitely brought the wide receiver game to a certain level this week, and it looked fantastic. In terms of special teams, there it is on screen. Daniel Carlson is now 17 for 17 ever since last season on field goals, which looks amazing. And there's A.J. Cole's punter stats that looked fantastic. And that's pretty much it for your post-game review. Uh, So let's get into a quick league game preview. Games Are they going to start the starters from your perception, if at all? Give me your players to watch. Give me some matchups. Give me a sleeper, a stud, an MVP, and predict the score for the Packers-Raiders on Thursday. Well, I think we're going to lose, so I've been uh, doing pretty well with those predictions. So I'm going to say we're going to lose again. We're going to lose uh, 30-10. to uh, 10. Um, But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Usually, used to be for a long, long time, the third preseason game was the one that the team treated as Correct. closest to an actual game. But it seems like we're starting to move away from that a little bit. It seems like as these controlled scrimmages have taken popularity with the coaches because they can control the environment. They can keep the quarterbacks from getting hurt, but they can still work on, you know, installs and, and uh, you, you know what I mean, and, and schemes and all that. They can still do much of what they would have used to have done in the preseason, but there's not a risk of getting your guy getting having your guy getting blown up. I mean, they're not even tackling the ground in a lot of those scrimmages. So the 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 value of that third preseason game has been diminished quite a bit. And it's now turned into more of a this is now like what the fourth game used to be like. This is just absolutely a player evaluation. And then the fourth game is just like a well, we gotta be here. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really seeming to be that way. So, this is where I think we're going to see guys like Dolan Levitt, right? You're going to see guys that are James Bowser, guys that are at the kind of the bottom, like that are trying to earn that roster spot. Most of them trying to have like a special teams type impact. And I think that is where if anybody's going to get an opportunity to shine – other than backup quarterback, because that's where we'll find we're going to find our backup in this game probably. Right. 
Um, but other than that, watch the special teams. Watch and not just watch the returners, but watch who's making tackles. Watch who's flying downfield. Uh, you know, on 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 punt coverage. If you start seeing guys like like Dolan Levitt making big tackles, he's number thirty-two. You see him making big tackles on special teams. Then you watch him end up getting a roster spot as a safety. You know what I mean? Because that's a that's really where the team forms the bottom end of the team. We already know where starters are going to be for the most part. You have a really strong idea of the top twenty-two. It's after that. It's everybody that's left over. That's what's going to take form in this game. So that's always really fun for me as a fan to watch. Plus, it helps me get familiar with them in terms of the Madden roster. You know, once all that comes out, I kind of know who these different guys are yeah. and stuff. But but that's where you know we're going to see. Eon Hatcher and, and Doss and I, you know, I'm if, if there's one guy I'm rooting for, uh, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Lev. If you can't tell, I brought him up a couple of times. I'm kind of rooting for him defensively and offensively. It's got to be Keelan Doss, and I'm I'm really hoping he, he he makes the spot. You know, he's a local guy. You know, obviously they they you know they never wasted an opportunity to remind us of that that he's from Alameda, Correct. and so you know I love to hear good stories like that. Um, you know, that's he's an easy guy to root for. So that's who I'm rooting for offensively. Cool. Yeah, um, I won't go into much detail. And again, I don't know all the facts, but I just read different things, and I, I want to speak on it. I heard there's the Raiders and the Packers are possibly not going to play most of their starters, if at all, for how long. So um, I also heard there's a pr- a problem with the field. That that's one of the excuses. It's a new, different field after a long bout of travel and this and that. But again, the league is going in the aspect, like you just spoke of clearly, and I agree, of where they don't really play in the third preseason game that much. So I don't know what to say. But yeah, players to watch again will be the backup quarterbacks. We'll find out who that is. And if I'll just give a quick MVP. You know what? I'm going to say it's going to be Glennon and or Keelan Doss as well. So predict the score. The Raiders are going to win. We're, we're, we're going undefeated in this preseason. It's in the cards, brother. The Raiders scored 33 last week. We seem to be, keep upping the score. Let's go 37 this week. And the Packers, at least 18. I don't even know. But that we're going to win. And we're going to have a fun time doing it. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, we got the Mondays with Mikey and Murph t-shirt for sale. Links are down below. Support the channel. We also have the Mondays with Mikey and Murph MTV shirt. Links below to support the channel. Then we got the amazing Get Made t-shirts that support the Fred Valentnikoff Foundation on MurphsFanCave.com, RaidersFanRadio.com. All links below for his channel and to support and for a great cause where they're going to present him a check in November with all of these proceeds is all down below. All right. It- hey, can I give a shout out real quick, Mikey? Can I give some respect real fast? Of course. First time you announced that. Uh, thank you, Matthew. I got I got a t-shirt order since we've been doing this show. So thank you to Matthew. We appreciate that order and your, your money is going to go to a great cause. It's going to help these young women uh, get a safe space away from domestic violence situations, substance abuse situations. It's the, the Blinnikoff Foundation is a wonderful cause and, and every single penny uh, that, that, that we make on selling these shirts goes there. So thank you, Matthew, for doing that during the show. 100% Raider Nation. Trust me, it's a shirt not to be missed. Everybody's got to get made somehow. Why not by Murph and for the Fred Belenikoff 
Foundation. The evolution of fantasy football. Uh, many people don't know this, but it started with the Oakland Raiders executives in 1963. It's fantasy football time, so we're going to talk about it. The Greater Oakland Professional Pigskin Prognosticators League, called the GOPPBL, they were the first known fantasy football league. They held their inaugural draft, and it was founded by the Oakland Raiders minority owner, Bill Winkenbach. The first pick of the first ever fantasy football league was Hall of Fame kicker slash quarterback, quarterback George Blanda. And the second pick was actually a Cleveland Brown by the player name of Jim Brown. So the Raiders technically invented fantasy football. What do you think about that, Murph? I love it, man. I love it. That's some dropping some serious knowledge on us right there, Mikey. It's great stuff. And I'm going to turn on the screen. Hopefully we got no issues, but you need to see this. Since it's fantasy football time, and I love it, build your own core of players from these players up. There's different tiers. They got the quarterback. It's the first line. Running back, second. Wide receivers, third. Uh, defensive players. So you got to build five, but with you have a budget of only $15. So I went with my core five players with my budget of $15. I went for $3 with Russell Wilson, and I had to pick up Josh Jacobs for a buck. The upside of Josh Jacobs is fantastic. I went with DeAndre Hopkins, even though he was really expensive to lead my team. Then I went with Aaron Donald on defense for five bucks. Then I went with Denzel Ward for a dollar to round out my core players for $15. If you can see it, pick your core players with your budget of $15, Murph. Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't play in this league because there's no Raiders on this list. You know that. So There's a uh, couple of Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Where's he at? I don't see him. He's, he's oh, at a dollar. Yeah. All right, so give me uh, give me Sam Darnold for two bucks. Got give me you. Josh Jacobs for a dollar. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, give me Josh Jacobs for a dollar. That's three. I'll take uh, DeAndre Hopkins to take me to eight. And I'll take uh, Aaron Donald, which gets me to, uh, what is that? That's 13, and I got two bucks left. So give me uh Who's that down there? I, is that, I can't I, read the bottom. I believe it's Earl Thomas. It's $2, and Denzel Ward is a dollar. Okay, give me Earl Thomas for 2 bucks, and there's my 15. Very interesting team. So you went young quarterback. Russell Wilson was only a dollar, and he's a veteran, and he's proved it. So I would have went there. Hey, but you know what? I'm not here to judge. I'm only here to speculate. See, I'm being, I'm being obnoxious. I'm being obnoxious, Murph. I'm sorry. Don't be a list, don't be a list bully. This is what I do. Uh, and then I just have this little quick segment I called Speak Speak a True Free Thought. Uh, and the quote is, who dares not speak his free thoughts is a slave if you don't speak your free thoughts. Do you have any free thoughts that you just wanted to throw out into the world? Uh, a, uh, a Danish with no hole. Wait, let's go. Oh. A donut with no hole is not a donut. Uh, wait a minute. What's the what the oh crap? It's Dang a good it. one, I though. Wish we were gonna do this segment. I had it locked and loaded. Debbie Chase from Caddyshack. He, he says uh, a a donut with no hole is not a donut. A donut with no hole is a Danish or something like that. I don't know. I screwed up. Stop. Trust me. We'll have to watch Caddyshack to get it. Uh, my free my true free thought is why doesn't the world allow for free thought? That's what it is. I know what it is. I remember. It's a flute with no holes is not a flute. 
and a donut with no holes is a Danish. <laughs> that is a good one. That's it. I just wish the world would allow oh, for free. I got it the first time. You did get it right. Uh, but that is a good statement. Long story short, I just wish the world would allow for free thought without being judged constantly and people would just accept them for asking questions or, you know, telling theories without getting mad and insult. I just, I wish there was no judgment, just, but it ain't going to, ha- it ain't going to happen. You know what else? You know what Tywin Lannister says, right? Nope. The lion does not concern themselves with the with opinion. The sheep. There it is. Uh, so I wanted you to real quickly say an unknown football movie that people need to watch in their off time. Yeah, I like this one. It's a uh, Woodlawn. It came out 2015. Um, it's it's got great reviews, and and I enjoyed watching it. I watched it with my kids, and it's a good story. Talk about all that the racial division and things that we were referring to earlier in terms of the the NFL and its social justice initiative. That's exactly what this movie is about and it's about communities coming together and uh it all revolves revolves around tony nathan uh who if any of you guys are old like me remember him being one of the Miami dolphins um that's that's tony there uh, or at least the, the actor that portrays him and great movie it's very inspiring and uh you know it's like that's the way to me like much as i love the spectacle of of sports movies um football to me is all about heart and especially when you're talking about high school football um this is what really connects i mean some of the greatest memories that you know whether it's me or al bundy uh have in our lives it's it's around high school football even you we were talking about it before we were doing the show about some of your fond memories uh of playing high school football and so this is one of those ones and then it and it moves out into the terms of the the healing that can happen around a team and the healing uh, uh, in a community. So it's a it's a great movie. Check it out. Yeah, I really need to watch it. But I love this time of year. I love this time of year. If I had free time, I'd watch more football movies. But I love this time of year. But the other night I, I on Netflix, I found this movie called Big Fan. Um, it was about the giant, like a giant fan. And it was very interesting. Apparently, he's like the biggest giant fan. And then he wants to meet players. So he goes to events. To try to meet players and get autographs and be a part of the team, basically. And he goes to like a an event slash bar, whatever, where a New York Giant player is there. And let's just say things go 100% awry. And it was a very scary story. And it was kind of scary how he was the biggest fan and what happened from him in that aspect. You guys got to check it out. No spoilers here. But it's about the Giants, so you probably don't want to watch it. But it's pretty interesting, guys. It's a very scary movie, to say the least, what what could happen between fans and players. And we saw a little bit of that with Donald Penn a couple seasons ago. And it got scary, to say the least. But it's an interesting movie. All right, uh, so let's play the first caller, the only caller, from the Raider Bear from Tulare asking us a question. Hello, my, my kid, this is uh, Rick Baird from Tulare. Our like show, also like Murph with you on the um, Monday show. I have a question slash sentence. Say, uh, are with our guards being hurt and suspended for the first couple of games, this may be a more than just a couple game thing as far as lingering effect in the season. I think this might cause us more trouble than most people are letting on right now. So, what do you guys think? What do you think about our guard situation? Does it look like more of a problem for the future? Or 
Yeah, first off, what's up, Running Bear? He's a, uh, a loyal listener to Raiders Fan Radio. We appreciate him uh, hitting us up here on Mondays with Mikey Murph, too. Uh, he's often in our chat room when we do our show live, and so good to hear from him here. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, man, 100%. I think that it's a very overlooked issue in terms of severity. This will have, and I'm not trying to reopen the discussion, but this will have a much greater impact on the team than Antonio Brown potentially hold it like this is a big deal like i mean what are we going to do because it's not just one guard it's two like we saw what happened last year when we could protect Derek tech Derek carr i i agree with them it's it's severe and it would not surprise me especially considering who we're playing weeks one and two if at some point when the cuts start happening around the league if we don't sign somebody else you watch we we'll just signed an offensive else. lineman i think four days ago as well and as teams whittle down to 75 and then 53, you watch. There's a guard out there somewhere that's going to be a Raider. Yeah, it's very interesting. Cooper hasn't looked as good as I thought for his veteran leadership so far. Incognito is as described. So we definitely, technically, it's a scary situation to say the least. And I agree with you saying it. In true football form, it's scarier than the Antonio Brown situation. I agree with you there 100%. My dude. So there it is, Raider Nation. Your Mondays with Mikey and Murph show. Today we're not only, in my opinion, is Antonio Brown full of cockadoodoo. Um, I was full of a lot of cockadoodoo. And we were fighting. And it was kind of fun, but it's also scary. Uh, but hey, honestly, I love you, Murph. And I, I'm going to start the apologizing now. You have nothing to apologize for. You're speaking from your heart. I've always told you, man. I respect your passion. I respect your fandom. Don't look me in there with the rest of those knuckleheads that question your fandom. I'm not one of them. Just because we disagree doesn't mean I had changes my overall view of you and my overall thoughts of you. Uh, you're, you're a good guy, Mikey. You're a good friend, and you care about this football team. You're passionate about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just a lot of times we just don't see eye to eye on it, and that's okay. Because if this were us just sitting around shaking hands going, you know what, you're so smart. Nobody would think that was very fun. But the other thing, too, is that while I talked earlier that we may dial it up just because the cameras are on, we don't argue for effect. That's all organic. That's 100%. Like, we don't go into this thing going, okay, we're going to argue here. Like, that's just the way it works out. You know what? It's okay. It's fun. It's like, man, it's conversation. This is how the world works. You converse with people. You don't go, oh, I'm out, and then turn off the mic. It's very interesting, though. But again, I always need the positive outlook. And, you know, just because personally people don't know this about me, but I deal with a lot of depression issues. Maybe that's why I'm negative on more so occasions than I am positive. But I, you know, I can't, I can't fake that for everybody. I have some mental issues. Uh, but that being said, I also have anxiety. So my brain has a battle. Anxiety wants you to wake up every day, you know, get everything done, accomplish everything and not worry about it. And then depression makes you want to sleep and worry about everything so my brain constantly has a battle with myself and i get heated at times but i am not afraid to speak my opinion but i am a good-hearted person and thank you for that vote of confidence because apparently i need it every 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 hour on the hour Murph. so you got to start calling me and texting me <laughs> mike you do a great job man if you need those words of affirmation i'm here and it's not just bs coming from me because you know i I feel about you feel about your channel, your content, and all that stuff, and you do a great job. And I wouldn't partner with you and feature the audio of this show on my network, Murph Fan Cave, if I didn't have confidence in, in what it was and who you are and what you represent. So 
you're never going to get any hatred from your brother, despite how heated we may get when we disagree. Yeah, I just wish everybody had my same opinion, but I'm just going to have to wrap around it. Nobody will. And it's always going to be a divide or a difference of opinion. And I just got to learn how to not okay. take it as negative. Yeah, because it's okay. We'll disagree. There's a whole big bad world out there, man. If we all just were okay with each other and not agreeing all the time, it wouldn't be so bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, Saturday Night Live. Remember the daily affirmation videos? I love yeah, myself, yeah. doggone it. You are special. Stuart you, Smiley. That, yeah, that is his name, Stuart Smiley. Yeah. Doggone it, Michael. I got to get a mirror. I love myself. You are special. <laughs> Everybody should agree with you because you're 100% always right. <laughs> and, and, and doggone it, people like me. Doggone it, people like me. And people like you, Murph, let everybody know where they can find your content if you won the great debate according to them let them know where they can get your opinion on a weekly daily or wherever yeah check us out of murph's fan cave uh we uh, you any podcast service you can subscribe to us just search for murph's fan cave m-u-r-f-s fan cave and, and you can hear all the shows the audio shows on the network or you can check us out on youtube that's youtube.com slash murph's fan cave and we have a litany of shows on the on network now. They are all Raider related directly like this, where we talk about the, the, the news of the week. Others are a little bit more abstract. We talk about fan clubs or we talk about the history of the team, but 100% of our channel's content is one way or another affiliated with the Raiders. So check us out. Please subscribe to us. Mikey's the one that encouraged us to get out there on YouTube. and We've got an amazing community of folks to join us. Uh, it'll be Wednesday nights. Uh, and, and we record live from, from my house, from Murph's Fan Cave. And you can jump in the chat and engage with us there. And, uh, and so, you know, thank you to all of you that do that already. And if you haven't, uh, you're, frankly, you're kind of missing out. It's really fun. It's a, it's, it's a good time. There's a lot of good people in there. Mikey occasionally will jump in with us and a lot of, uh, you, know, you know, other YouTube video makers and podcasters and whatnot, familiar names to you, you'll see in and out of there. And it, it's just a good time, man. So uh, please, uh, if, if you enjoy that content, subscribe to it youtube.com slash and hit the button hit the freaking button long story short support the community i still think there's a lack of supporting the compute the community from you know some other video makers around the youtube areas but um support the community whether you like them or you don't support the community because we're all we got all right let's get on out of here murph let's sing the theme song are your thumbs ready Ooh. I got locked and loaded, Mikey. Everybody wants you to rap, so there's got to be one day you're going to rap, dude. All we got to do is beat the Chiefs. There it is. You heard it here again. So let's hope for a victory versus the Queefs. All right, y'all. Let's get on out of here because this has been Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We talked a lot of Raiders and Antonio Brown dirt. Because we are the best number one Raider talk show. I'm doing positive affirmations. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mike and Murph. We'll see you next Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific. We're out of here, Raider Nation. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. 
and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.